Welcome to the Liberty Experts Podcast, where all your liberty questions are answered, discussed, and debated by experts. Now, here are your liberty experts, Tim Moen and David Birnbaum. Hey, Tim, how's it going? Hey, David, it's going fantastic. I am, uh, I'm fired up, I'm fired up right now. You know, a lot of things going on in the libertarian spheres that are getting me fired up. I'm going to tell you that. Yeah, I'm fired up because of our new podcast. Oh, our yeah. Upcoming, our upcoming AMA that people should be sure to check out on June, on July 30th. Um, yes. Well, well, we'll leave the advertisements till the end because you're fired up more than I am. So you want to talk about Joe Jorgensen, uh, I think that's her name, the leader yeah. of the, or the libertarian candidate for president in the United States. So why don't you get me up to speed, get me on your level as to why sure. I should be fired up. Okay. And to preface this, I'm a little bit more sensitive to this stuff because I'm essentially Joe's counterpart here in Canada, right? As the guy who runs for prime minister, she's the gal who runs for president. And so, you know, there's predictable libertarian response to uh, molehills and minutia that are going on right now. And you may have missed it, but Joe Jorgensen sent out a tweet or someone from her account sent out a tweet that says, it's not enough for libertarians to be passively not racist. They have to be actively anti-racist. Hashtag Black Lives Matter, hashtag Vote Gold, uh, something like that. And libertarians did what libertarians typically do they <laughs> lost their minds and took their ball and went home in mass and threw her under the bus and uh said that's it we can't have stand this anymore and i saw this going on and now david at the time uh, i saw this going on i was trying to uh I was trying to quit nicotine and caffeine, okay? I was going cold turkey. So I might have been having some Nick fits going on, all right? I was, I was feeling very aggravated in general. I was thinking like evil thoughts towards everyone around me, like just judging the shit out of people. Uh, and so I might not have been in, the, in a very good state of mind. I wrote a rant about this because I was so pissed off seeing all these libertarians doing what libertarians do. I just, and I almost wrote it directly to Facebook. I'm like, no, Tim, you're, you're annoyed and aggravated right now. Posting angrily hasn't served you in the past. Write it down. Just keep it there. Walk around the building, take a few deep breaths, leave it till tomorrow. If it's still something you want to post, go ahead and post it. But I didn't post it. I walked around, I took, you know, and I did, I still haven't posted it. I, 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 let myself be convinced. Okay. I just need to calm down and you calm down. This is just, you know, I need to take a few deep breaths here. Okay. Um, and so I started writing an article for my blog that was more rational and reasonable. And, you know, I, one of my favorite podcasters is Dave Smith and he did a whole hour long rant about, uh, about how terrible this thing was that Joe Jorgensen did. I was very disappointed by that, but I'm like, okay, listen, Dave Smith is a very reasonable guy. He's rational. Maybe I should just, chill out. So I've been marinating on this for a day. But what I want to do right now for you, David, is I'm going to read for you this rant that I'm glad I didn't post to social media because I think I would have regretted it. But I, I want to... I think it's good to to post through the podcast? I don't know. It's... it's uh, <laughs> if anything, it'll make a good sound sound clip. I feel like I need to get get it off my chest and out into the to the sphere. And I'm... Well, I'm and I'm going to give you some trigger warnings. There might be some strong language in this. 
Wait, sorry, do you have any other questions before I read this? Well, before the rant, I want to say that I'm surprised. I would have expected your response to have been anger at Joe Jorgensen. Oh, interesting. At the libertarians for getting right. angry and abandoning on mass. So I'm already quite surprised. I was expecting you to have a rant against her, not against yeah. the other people. Well, I, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. That's fair. We'll get into why I still think I'm right about this rant in general. I, I don't, I think I've been maybe too hard on, you know, it, it's too strong and I, I can understand your perspective here, but I, I, I also wanted to consider the fact that uh, maybe I'm super sensitive about this because I always get criticized and it's always shit like this that gets me in trouble. Like yeah. I'll, I'll post something and maybe I'll agree with, to some degree with the criticism, but it's always unfair, harsh, and people leaving and pulling their hair out. Okay. L let me just read this. See what you think. And, and I'm just going to warn people, listen, I know we have, this is not going to be family friendly. So if you're driving in your car, listening to this, please turn it off. If, if your kids are in the car, like, do you know, and please just, you know, if you're a Christian, if I get it, you probably don't want to listen to this. This is not <laughs> for yours. Okay. Cause I, and I'm going to try to muster up some of the passion I had when I wrote this. All right, David, because, all right. uh, okay. Jojo tweeted that it's not enough for libertarians to be passively not racist, but rather actively anti-racist. She also said black lives matter. The loser brigade lost their mind. So later she clarified that she was talking about ending qualified immunity, police brutality, the drug war, mandatory minimums, unequal sentencing, etc. You know, all the things that libertarians are actively seeking that will actually make things better for black lives. Of course, the loser brigade's interpre interpretation was that she supports the organization BLM and that was, she was showing herself to be a cultural Marxist. Imagine thinking that Jojo, the candidate that makes Trump look like a goddamn commie, imagine thinking she's a Marxist. She thinks taxation is theft. She wants to legalize all the guns. She believes in unfettered capitalism. She wants to end central banking. She thinks property rights are human rights. Imagine thinking that someone like that is a secret Marxist or leftist. What if she just meant what she said? What if she just meant Black Lives Matter? What if I told you that libertarianism is the only actively anti-racist ideology there is? You know, how the left often calls people racist for saying things like all lives matter or for refusing to march with a leftist organization? What if the loser brigade is acting exactly like the leftists they despise when they claim to know that she's secretly in her heart and mind a leftist, a Marxist, or at least a Marxist supporter, despite 30 years of radical libertarian activism and a cultural platform and principles that no Marxist would ever agree with? Really? Really? A whiskey drinking, hockey playing, taxationist theft, you pussies, libertarian, is secretly a Marxist or a Marxist supporter. The worst thing that you can say is that she tried to capitalize on a cultural movement that was created by a leftist organization. So what? Why should the shit she says only appeal to conservatives? Many people are staunch libertarians and anarcho-capitalists because they heard a message that, from libertarians that resonated with their leftist sensibilities. Remember Ron Paul and his anti-war leftist sensibilities and all the blue Republicans, which made up the largest faction, by the way, of grassroots supporters uh, in the Ron Paul movement. They were Democrats. Now they're libertarians because of Ron Paul and his leftist sentiment of anti-war. 
If I'm embarrassed to be part of the libertarian movement, it's because losers who have never done anything for the movement, who have never contributed a goddamn thing other than their armchair criticisms, are so quick to throw the one person who has the best chance of making more libertarians under the bus. These losers are a continual source of disappointment for me. Meh. You lost my vote by saying that one thing that I'm going to take in the most uncharitable way possible, despite my 30 years of solid, consistent, philosophically principled activism. Now I'm going to vote for the political opportunist who is indistinguishable from every other statist on the ballot and who has 20 rape charges and was buddies with Epstein. That's what these losers sound like. This is why we can't have nice things as libertarians. Trump, Biden, and Hillary supporters all defend their absolutely shitty, filthy, war criminal, Epstein-loving, sexual assaulting, money printing, ridiculous tweeting, race baiting, continually pandering asses. Meanwhile, libertarians not only don't defend JoJo, they actively put the worst interpretation on a pretty straightforward treat, uh, tweet. Maybe she's not a secret Marxist, guys. Maybe she doesn't support cancel culture. Maybe she just thinks black lives matter. What's more likely that this hockey playing, whiskey drinking, taxationist, theft libertarian is a secret Marxist or that libertarians will find the most minute excuse to never support a libertarian candidate? End of rant. Well, I think it was, it act, I think it was a pretty good rant. It also, uh, like my initial reaction to the the entire thing is unchanged, in, but I didn't, like, I can get into what that is. But you made a lot of really good points, I think, about um, politics generally and, yeah, the people's reaction to this. I think the, like, the public's reaction to kind of be super not charitable and just, oh, you made one mistake, you know, outside what I consider my doctrine, how dare you, you're evil or whatever and that's very much the like woke left mentality and i mean also the conservative mentality and it's just the wrong mentality to have right oh like you can dis like so i disagree with her tweet right like i don't think uh, like that's the proper thing for someone in the full philosophical context for a liberty person to have tweeted but I would chalk it up to a mistake not secret marxist undertones or something right and so I understand uh, that, and I understand how it would be extremely frustrating for you as well. Uh, right. Well, and, and let me put, I mean, that, that's a much better take than a lot of these people who think she's supporting socialism. Oops, you froze up there, David. Are you still there? Still with us? Hello? Oh, there you are. Yeah, I mean, that, oh, okay, you were frozen there for a sec. Looks like you're back now that your take is you know that that some libertarians are taking it that way too oh she just made a mistake um you know that but here's the here's the thing i'm criticizing it's it's the instinct to immediately throw her under the bus um you know the the you could also take this in charitable ways as well right like there's two different ways you can take this tweet charitably that reflect on joe one is that she's noticing that that People are like normies, people like my friends, when they are, are putting those black uh, Facebook pictures on to show they support black lives, uh, they're saying things like black lives matter, they're, they're 
making posts about racism. This is in the culture right now. This is what normies, people that are, aren't leftists, aren't right. They, they, people, my friends hate Trudeau. They also hate Trump. They think all politics is bullshit. They're sick and tired of the status quo, and they think black lives matter, and they're concerned about racism and police brutality. What language are they speaking right now? Are they saying all lives matter? Are they saying, are, are they pushing back against uh, the leftist narrative? No, they're, they're expressing their concern. They're genuinely concerned about black lives. And they're not doing it to virtue signal to leftists. It's like the leftist culture has brought it into their awareness. Yes. And now it's in their awareness. And this is what they're concerned about. And, and if, if we don't address it, if we don't sympathize with their concerns and show them how libertarian philosophy addresses those concerns, uh, we're never going to get those people into the libertarian movement or, or into the philosophy. I mean, this is exactly like libertarianism isn't anti-war per se either, right? We, there are just reasons to go to war. Um, and yet it was the anti-war, peace-loving hippie crowd that made up the biggest amount of Ron Paul supporters. And these were people that were previously... Um, consider themselves essentially leftists because the, the left was the only one that was concerned about what they were concerned about, which is peace and not being an imperialist nation state. And then they saw this other person who called himself a Republican being anti-war and they listened to some of the other things he was saying, Oh, he's, he's against a drug war too. I mean, this guy is preaching what we're, how can he be on the right? Right. right. And suddenly they're pulled into that. So he made anti-war a very libertarian thing. Um, and so if you're going to speak to normies and, and like, you have to talk about the things they're concerned about, you have to sympathize with and empathize and speak their language. And so the second way to make this charitable is to say that she's actually actively subverting the Marxist message by taking their language and making it libertarian instead of Marxist. And, and because I, I've done this very thing. Okay. I, I once spoke at a 420 rally in Vancouver and uh, this was right when social justice warriors were starting to come into the cultural uh, scene and that term was being bandied about social justice, social justice, social justice. And I'm like, wait a second, these people don't even care about justice. How, how can justice be attached to them? I mean, libertarians are the justice warriors. If anything, we're, we're more concerned about social justice than they are. So I made this speech where I talked about how libertarians 45 years ago were, were the only people saying, Gays should have the right to get married. We're the only people saying end the drug war, legalize all of them. Uh, we were, we we were um, in, pushing social justice twenty years before it ever entered the the liberals' mind, or something like that. So I I consciously and with purpose and intent used the word social justice because I wanted to subvert the, the Marxist narrative. Now. What what did that result in? It resulted in Breitbart smearing me, uh, smearing the party as having been infiltrated by the left, and me as a feckless leader. Uh, I had an organizer criticize me, saying you shouldn't use leftist language like that because it promotes Marxism, yada yada. That guy, by the way, is now an like he left the party long ago because of our leftist sympathies, and he's now uh, an open fascist who sympathizes with Hitler openly. Um, so. You know, at the time, I'm like, hmm, maybe these people are right. Maybe their instincts are right and mine are wrong here. But more and more, I think, no, no, I was right and these fuckers were wrong. They're wrong. They're just plain wrong. And, you know, <laughs> why, are, why are we letting reactionary conservatives um, who are basically be having their, their puppet strings, they're marionettes, they're reacting to the, the, the left pulling their strings. They're, they're whatever, they're 
opposite to whatever the left is. And so, you know, the, the worst thing that a, a, a trained Mark, the most damaging thing a trained Marxist could do right now, David, is say, coin a phrase like family lives matter and attach it to their anti-family uh, agenda. Because then reactionary conservatives would be going out of their mind trying to distance themselves from that phrase. They'd be saying, well, all lives matter or something like that. And while they were trying to distance themselves from the, that claim and portraying themselves basically as anti-family in doing so, all the normies, all my friends who care about their families are going to be like, fuck, I don't want to have anything to do with that. These Marxists or whatever they're calling themselves over here care about the family. I'm going to attach myself to them politically. So this is, this is what I mean. I, I, I think that um, it's, it's not only chair, you know, I, I think there's an even more charitable way we can interpret Joe's treat, tweet, which is that she's trying to reach out to people and make more libertarians. An even more charitable way of taking it would be she's actively subverting Marxism far more than any Trump is, Trumpian is doing with their central banking, their socializing this and that. Uh, far more than any alt-writer or, or reactionary conservative. She's using their language. She's making it ours. By the way, libertarian, that was a leftist term that was uh, coined by uh, people to describe Proudhon's philosophy of property is theft. And now libertarian doesn't mean that anymore because we took that back. We took that and made it ours. Now it means property rights. Now it means individualism. It doesn't mean that communist collectivist shit that it used to mean. Um, the, the left did it to us. They took the term liberal. We used to be able to call ourselves liberal. Now we have to uh, say classically liberal or libertarian uh, because they took that term from us because people st stopped using it because the Marxist... Uh, you know, they box us out of the English language. Well, let's box them out of the English language. Let's take their terms and use it to mean our philosophy. Boom. Thoughts. All right. So there's two main thoughts I have about what you actually said and good points you made that I hadn't thought of. And then, you know, there's my diagnosis, which was the same before all of your rant, okay. just based on, <laughs> you know, my view of the libertarian movement as such. But so the two points you made you made that I think are really important. One is about attracting left-wing, let's call it people, to the Libertarian Party, right? And there's still, even in my mind, but I think in a lot of people's minds, there's this idea that libertarianism is right-wing. And it's not, right. right? And you have to also focus on the messages that are, that are attractive to the people who are on the, quote, left, and that would bring them in. And so, yeah, there you do want to highlight the issues about why are, why are cops treating people this way? Why is this happening? Um, and these sorts of things. Why, is there, why are there issues with racism, right? So I do think it's important to talk about those issues. And those are, issues aren't still what I think of when I think of libertarian politicians and libertarian, sure. libertarianism. So I think that's a really important point that, you know, she needs, if she's running for president and actually trying to, she can't just play to one, the libertarian base, two, the libertarian base, and the conservatives, right? So right. I think that's an important point. Where I hesitate to agree with you, but I think it's a good point, is whether or not she can take back those terms, right? Because I definitely am in favor of the, I hadn't even considered it, I, but I don't know her, and I would have just assumed she's ignorant more so than intelligent enough to be trying to do that. But I don't know anything about her, uh, so, well, uh, and, and I, don't, I don't claim that she has intent to do it. 
but I, I don't, you know, I, I, I think probably what she was doing is trying to appeal to what's out there in culture right now and let people know that she sympathizes with them. She's also deeply concerned about police brutality. She's deeply concerned about the black community. Uh, you know, we've talked about all the libertarian policies in the past that can make black lives better, uh, you know. Right. So I think the issue, though, is the two terms she chose to use, anti-racist and Black Lives Matter, right? Both of those are very loaded terms, and I agree they could be changed. They could be taken back, but, right, like, yeah, I think it is important for the Libertarian Party to be anti-racist, anti-racism, but what is touted as anti-racism is the left wing's version of racism, affirmative action, and these sorts of things. Right. Let, let me read you. Let me read you a quote by someone first, and you can guess who this quote is by. I bet you you might be able to guess it. And you tell me whether it's passively not racist or actively anti-racist. Okay. Let's just use English, common English parlance here. Sure. Um, Racism is the lowest, most crudely primitive form of collectivism. It is the notion of ascribing moral, social, or political significance to a man. Uh, a man genetic lineage. The notion that a man's intellectual and characterological traits are produced and transmitted by his internal body chemistry, which means in practice that a man must be judged not by his own character and action, but by the characters and actions of a collective of ancestors. You know who said that. Ayn Rand's essay. I think it's just called racism. Um, And yeah, like racism is disgusting, right? And I... And she was actively anti-racist and no one would accuse her of being a Marxist panderer or, you know, the commies. What's that? I'm sure some people would. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. I mean, she fled communism. No one in the right mind would. She was a spy. Oh, God. A better way to rip America apart. Well, there you go. Maybe libertarians have never changed that. (laughs) um, (laughs) They've always done this. I agree. Anti-racism, yeah, is being anti-racism right like ayn rand was like i am like you are but in the common in in the movements in the political sphere anti-racism is and and but there's also a thing like for joe to be calling that everyone needs to be anti-racist that's where the issue comes up it's important to be but i don't think people can be passively not racist right. to say it's almost like sure. a duty to be anti-racist that like ayn rand would yeah say, oh, i i say and, and and michael malice you know she he had kind of a funny tweet he said he retweeted uh <laughs> jorgensen's tweet and said libertarians the party of we and must um exactly. and you know he there's a valid point there but i you know i think he's just being a cheeky troll i don't no, think, I think it's that is an important point because um for like because especially of the weight behind anti-racist black lives matter for her to say we have to do that too is i think the the last straw in this is playing in the left wings uh game but but we must we must do that david it's true that we must do that if we want to make any ground like if our goal is to attract more libertarians and move the needle on culture, we must right now at least be anti-racist. And what does anti-racist mean for a libertarian? It means something very different than what it means for the Marxists. They're very racist, actually. We're actually the only anti-racist there is, and we must show that right now if our goal is what the Libertarians' party goal is, which is a more libertarian society. Well, so I don't know the... 
I don't know how I would differentiate being not racist versus anti-racism, but I understand. Well, anti-racist is like just being not racist is in your own private life. You're, you don't discriminate, Uh, but anti-racist means you attack the culture of racist ideology. It's collectivist, it's Marxist, you know, in the way it's being portrayed right now, Uh, all those things. I mean, you know, well, the Marxists again, are would, racist and they're portraying it as anti-racist. Even if, yeah, I agree with that. But I would say if she would have said the Libertarian Party needs to be actively anti-racist, that's different sure. than being Libertarian. It's, tw- it's Twitter. You got 140 characters or whatever. I mean, you can, like, th- that's the thing. It's open to interpretation because it's not a 10,000-page disser- dissertation, uh, like philosophical dissertation. And that's what, the only way you can ever bulletproof something against libertarians most uncharitable takes right but what i'm getting at is why why do we need to put an uncharitable take on this i I think it's this is what concerns me more than jorgensen using some you know language that might have been better or more clear or something like that it's that libertarians immediately jump to the most uncharitable take now, if the, if Trump had tweeted this, wait a second. No, if 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 Trump if Trump had tweeted this, um, his supporters, their instinct would be to give him their sword, be and to defend him to the death, and say he's playing 3D chess, and of course he's using their marches. He's subverting those guys, and uh, of course Trump is the only anti-racist on the ticket. Like that would be their first instinct, and that's why these guys win because they actually get together, they rally around a leader, and they support the hell out of him, no matter what. We threw Gary Johnson under the bus for saying for mishearing Aleppo. We we threw Gary Johnson under the bus. Now he did say s- stuff that I disagree with, like they have to bake the cake. But if you actually, there is a defensible way of, there was some logical consistency to what he was saying that a libertarian could have defended if that was their instinct. And that was my instinct. And what I did was actually look at his quote in context, wrote what, read what he had actually written about break the cake. And he had said something like, you know, when, when we have one or two businesses in a town because uh, the municipality has a barrier to entry to business with business licensing and all these other things, um, then you can make an argument that uh, there's that, that that business needs to be open to the public um, because other because people are com- prohibited from competing in that market. Uh, it's a reasonable, you know. I disagree with him. You know, I think his goal should be to to target business licensing and barriers to entry. Uh, but you know, he he made a reasonable argument that a libertarian could defend if they wanted to, but they don't want to, they want to throw him under the, they want to throw their libertarian candidate under the bus. That's their instinct. And that's what I'm concerned about. And I'm concerned about it because I'm the leader of the libertarian party. And this is going to happen to me, David, people are, are that, that were hard charging with me are going to just run from the battle. And it makes me sick as a firefighter to think that my brothers would leave me when we're in the middle of fighting a fire because the incident commander is a bit of an idiot or something. Right. And so this brings me to my initial point that I didn't bring up that I will now is I think, well, one, I think your framing of the entire thing is improper that, oh, like, well, I don't believe in instinct, right? But I understand how you're using it. Sure. But like, it's not better to be blindly following Trump than to be very much skittish, right? You can't just follow or throw. You have to, sure. each thing that happens, you have to assess and make a decision. Okay, 
does this tip the scale? Can I no longer support this person? And these sorts of things. So I get that as a politician, you in like, it, it's a nice ideal to have these like mindless hordes supporting you and helping you fight your battle. But I don't think that's the proper approach, obviously. But I also think this entire issue is inherent in the Libertarian Party as such, because it's such a wide tent, because there's lots of people with all different sorts of principles, right? And this is where we've we've discussed before. I don't think the libertarian uh, banner is going to be able to make deep inroads and have passionate defenders and stuff and rationally passionate defenders because people get attracted for all sorts of reasons. And so if they're just kind of loosely associated and, oh, no, but now she tipped the other way, I'm out because there's not actual each person has, or many of the people have their own sets of principles. And I mean, you have very good principles, but the average libertarian doesn't necessarily, or, you know, many, maybe not most, but many might not. And so if they don't have principles, but they're just a libertarian because, you know, second amendment. And then now she says something that, oh, but everyone tells me uh, like that's a left-wing thing. Well, I'm done with her, right? And so I, I think these issues are inherent in the kind of big tent libertarian ideas because there's not, you know, a single philosophy that pe- that are and principles that people can apply. And so it's that's where that distinction comes in. Is yeah, Trump also doesn't have principles. So whatever he says, the, his supporters are just supporting it, right? Um, right and so right. the Libertarian Party has kind of like the opposite uh, problem. But that's yeah. where the problem, you know, the problem comes down to the nature of the libertarian movement, in my view. Yeah, no, I mean, you make some good points there. And, uh, you know, I <laughs> I was listening, actually, Dave Smith had Nick Sarwark, the 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 outgoing chair of the Libertarian Party on his podcast. Nick, Nick has been, you know, I, 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 I've met Nick a few times. I like him as a person, but he's done some things that I find kind of bad. Uh, you know, he has thrown Tom Woods under the bus. Like he, he's had the most uncharitable takes, let's say, on Tom Woods and associated Tom Woods and Dave Smith and these people with like fascism or white supremacism or like carrying water for them or pandering to them or different things like that, right? By the way, that, that's exactly what I think a lot of libertarians, including Dave Smith, might be doing to Joe Jorgensen right now. Uh, it's that she's carrying water for the leftists because right. she said this one thing or whatever. Um, you know, I, I don't think they're as bad as Sarwark was because he was just insistent and nonstop with it. And, you know, they're they're having a knee jerk react. But maybe I don't know. Anyways, he, he Sarwark was on Dave Smith and I, I started to really like Sar, what Sarwark was doing. He was defending um, saying, look, the, he was saying essentially what I'm saying, which is the problem is libertarians need to unite. Like we need to put aside our differences. And if there's one or two things you that like right. deviations with with the the candidate like you know i mean you, it's still a good trade off to get the libertarian message out there and and but then dave smith pushed him further well what if the libertarian candidate promotes this and he pushed him all the way to what if the libertarian candidate's essentially a nazi uh do you still support him and and you know sarwick at that point had to agree that well no you can't support him at that point well, but and, and and so I take your point here that that there has to be a line where you say okay enough's enough, uh, but the, the the threshold is so brittle 
for libertarians. And, and by the way, it's always been this way with libertarians, like two or three years after the U.S. party's formation, like in 1974, they had to come up with this thing called the Dallas Accord because the party was made up primarily of, of objectivist minarchists and then anarcho and a smaller faction of anarcho capitalists and they they were like oil and water they were like you and me david uh you know not being able to agree on what should our party message be you can imagine if you and i were to start a party you know we might have some difficulty on a few things and and we would like we'd agree on 95 percent of the policy but on that five percent we would argue like cats and dogs and and we would we would not be able to let it go and we would continually fixate on the five percent of the disagreement because that's what how we're wired and they realize oh shit we're not going to get anywhere as a movement and as a party promoting liberty if we're fighting amongst each other uh and, and so the dallas accord was let's agree with let, let's focus on the areas we agree and like just we'll fight about that five percent later when we actually get what the 95 percent we agree on and but my point is libertarians were fighting like cats and dogs then and there was a push to try, try to get some unity. And I mean, it's been that way ever nonstop, right? And I don't think other parties have this problem uh, to the same degree. I think other parties that, you know, libertarians have an issue working in groups. Let's put it that way. Well, no. So right now, like the only thing people can unite around are principles or people. Mm -hmm. And I mean, most of politics now is just tribal, right? And so they're like, this is our leader or this is our movement, right? Um, but th there's not actual principles. And that's kind of the issue is that politics is completely unprincipled now, basically. Right. Yes. Um, and so it seems like the Libertarian Party is in this interesting mix where it's neither. Right. Um, and I think the issue, I, I don't know enough about. The well, Libertarian I mean, I would take exception with that, but I'll let you finish your thought. Yeah, I don't know enough about the Libertarian Party, but I would say Rand's view is the issue wasn't the five percent of the last political things that they disagreed about how to implement. The issue was what are the principles that lead to liberty, right? Like that's her view is right. they kind of took the, the ends without the means. What is the nature of truth? What is the nature of good? And libertarians have very different views on what it means to live a good life and these sorts of things. Um, and so it's kind of inherent in the movement that there is that disagreement, not because of the final steps, the last 5%, but because of like deeper disagreements. And so when then it, like, you know, I don't know about, what the libertarian platform is and if you if if you very clearly define these are the things we're doing and either you support this or not and that's it right yeah. and, and people can do that you know that then people who opt into that uh would potentially have more of a staying power right but when especially in today's climate i think the climate of the way the average person thinks about politics is very much persona who is my sure. leader? Is she infallible? Oh, Joe made a mistake. Throw her under the bus, right? Yeah. Or and because she doesn't have the star power of Donald Trump, right? And right. she's not like, I'm, it's not a ride or die Joe Jorgensen thing, right? And I think that's also bad, right? Having a ride or die this person. And so I think because of the really bad culture at the moment around politics and because of like issues inherent in the libertarian big tent as I see it, like those combine and then it's always just gonna be this flux unless you eventually get someone, like if you, for example, as libertarian leader in Canada said, here are my principles, I know you don't all agree, but here is my basis, here's what the libertarian party is for me, 
and you can agree or not, and you have the leaders not debate about the kind of last 5%, but it's like, no, what does the Libertarian Party mean? What are the, what are the principles? And you can like kind of reforge from the chaos an actual principled approach in line with liberty. But yeah. as long as you kind of like all agree to disagree and but about like fundamental things, I think that's going to be an issue. And so I think that's kind of the... Well, uh, yeah, but I think that the majority of libertarians and the Libertarian Party, the founders of the party and Joe Jorgensen, I mean, they, they all align. Their principles are all in alignment. Like, uh, would you say, David, that, uh, you know, our fundamental principles are in alignment or do we have fundamental disagreements? You and I seem to be mostly in alignment. Yeah, but... Yeah. Uh, I'm not certain, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's good enough that we are together collaborating to bring a message that we think is important to the world, right? Which is more, is to attract people to the philosophy of liberty. And, you know, there, there are, I, I think that, that, that our conclusions, there's some differences, right? Like there's, there's a small difference in our conclusions where I, I'm not even convinced there's a difference. My understanding is that, you're not the average in the Libertarian Party, right? That's the thing. I wouldn't be able to deal with right. any of the people that I understand you sometimes have to deal with that are just surface level pro-liberty, but then they have contradictions and some are devout yeah. Christians and whatever else. Yeah. I yeah. would have no patience for those people. And so I'm saying right. you make the Libertarian Party based on your principles and your, and that's what the party is. It'll cause a, a schism probably, but the new party would have a better likelihood of success is that's yeah. my approach. And that's fair. And you've actually <laughs> caused me to, to rethink my harsh thoughts towards some libertarian. I mean, this is the beautiful thing about libertarians is that they're wired like you, right? Is that they are looking for that. Now I think mixed in with that, there are a lot of kind of alt-right reactionary conservatives who, who are, are just have libertarian derangement syndrome, right? Who think we're basically Marxist shills. Like my buddy, who's a fascist, he, he thinks that Marxism and libertarianism is basically cut from the same cloth, right? Whereas I think that his philosophy and Marxism are cut from the same cloth. Um, you know, it's so, but so there are a lot of people like him who are, who are on the outside who just are dumb, uh, uh, like, well, he's, he's not a dumb dummy, but a lot of these reactionary conservatives are, and, and they are, um, they, they just haven't studied the philosophy. They don't understand how they support Marxism and all these things. They don't understand. They couldn't steal man our, our position, for example, right. they, they create a straw man and then fight against it. And a lot of those are the voices. And I think the, the, what I'm concerned about is that libertarians are, are being influenced by that voice, right? We're becoming reactionaries like them, where you can't use common English language because the left has co-opted it to mean what they want it to mean. Right, but I think the, uh, the issue also comes from the big tent, right? You, that, like, it starts to morph the party because those people are allowed in the conversation, because they're deemed as equally sure. valid because they're pro-liberty, right? Whereas like there are other... Being just pro-liberty, I mean, I'm sure some people in the Libertarian Party have different definitions of liberty and different views. Like, lots of people like to claim they're pro-liberty, but what does that actually mean? Um, right. But the more people you let into the conversation under guise of having the same principles, the average person who can't discriminate properly 
they'll be convinced. And so it actually starts to morph and distort the party from within. Right. But, but, but I guess what I'm saying is that these reactionary conservatives would never be part of the Libertarian Party anyways. But people that are pro-liberty, that have the right values and principles, are kind of being influenced by them when they say that if you use this language, then you're a Marxist shill. And you're virtue signaling and you're doing this and that's bad. Right. And, and, and so, you know, you're, you're holding water for the Marxists. I mean, this is the same thing that the left does whenever you have a, a rational conversation with an alt-right person about borders, let's say, oh, you're holding water for fascism, you Nazi. Um, the, the right does the same thing. And a lot of libertarians are being influenced by that. And they, they abandon their party that actually has principles like Joe Jorgensen has been a solid radical libertarian on point on message for 30 years. She, she, I, I believe she understands the philosophy of Liberty very well, much better than Gary Johnson did. Um, maybe not as well as Ron Paul or something like that, but I think she's, she, she's a respectable libertarian voice. And most of the people holding that party together and, and the people that are holding the libertarian party of Canada together, uh, the people that keep it going because they're so passionate about liberty, they are deeply rooted in the philosophy of liberty. They understand it. And yes, we get a lot of people that get attracted to the party because they hear one talking point that they re resonates with them and they, they are with us for a while and then they leave or, you know, well, a so lot of them though learn liber liberty and they become libertarians. Right. And so what I would pose to you and to Joe is you have to separate how you have to figure out how much you care about these fair weather libertarians, right? Because right. I, I, I will, I will, it's not a benefit of the doubt, but I will grant you that you and Joe have a good grounding in what liberty is, but you're also politicians. And so there's this pragmatic sure. view of like, well, no, but we want to attract as many people to the movement yeah. as possible. But if they're not, if they don't understand the principles, then they'll they'll run as soon as they're scared for whatever reason, and so I understand the frustration and the. Difficulty. That's if we don't purge them first, because yeah, right. libertarian so purges why. are a common thing too. But. but you know, from the objectivist perspective, it's like you know, it's a slow process. It's a slow sure. movement because you only accept people who agree with the principles, and there's a lot in objectivism. Yeah. And, and and you know, maybe that's not the right approach. It's definitely not going to get any objectivist elected anytime soon, right? Yeah. But that's kind of it's like your well, minds almost because yeah I mean and look there are two there are two strategies you can take here right and I'm not sure which one Joe's in I know one thing that concerns me at the about the U.S. Libertarian Party is that a lot of people in that party really want want conventional wins right in in that they want to get people elected and that's their goal and when that's your goal. Um, the wa the message gets really watered down and it's questionable whether you make any more libertarians or not. I doubt you do. Whereas my goal is I don't give, give a rat's ass about how many votes I get. What I'm trying to do is con is create more libertarians. Okay. And there are pragmatic things I can do to do that. One of those things is I can say in a culture that thinks that is concerned about black lives, I can say black lives matter and our message makes black lives matter. And here's how, Okay. Now, some faction of people out there will say, I'm holding water for Marxists by doing that. I say, no, I'm actually doing something to make more libertarians that has a better chance of making libertarians than calling my friends Marxist shills or virtue signalers or harshly criticizing them for being collectivists. That doesn't make more libertarians. That doesn't get us closer to liberty. My strategy does. So yeah. I disagree with chasing votes. And I also disagree with co constantly 
shitting on people because they're using common cultural language. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that, right? I think that's the right approach. Um, and you and I have different like views of how to implement that, but I think your yours is also valid, right? So I think that is right, and I, I just don't know. Um, I think if you know that's right, you shouldn't get triggered by all of these <laughs> libertarians. Yeah, yeah. Shit. Because I, cause it's like, it's you want to have this support you want to have this groundswell but you know they could leave in a second right it's like yeah you know but even i mean trump's a different beast but even trudeau i'm sure there's some diehard liberals diehard trudeau supporters but if he says the wrong thing he's out right the 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 collectivists just pick a different figurehead so it's like an interesting like the I think the right wing tends to be more fascist and it's the fearless leader and the left wing's collectivist and it's just who's the who's the mouthpiece for the ideology, right? And so it's right. this interesting hybrid, but you have to you have to, I guess, understand that it, when people jump ship, you didn't want them anyways, right? Because they're they're not principled, right? They are not able to think. And so it's but you know, it it's it's, it's David, I feel like I'm in a therapy session. I feel like you're my dad right now, giving me good fatherly advice. I, I am close to this, right? I, and it does trigger me because um, I've had knives in my back. I've had people who I thought were on my team throw me under the bus for minutia in the past who knew, know that I'm a radical, you know. Uh, it, it, it is, you know, and I felt deep betrayal <laughs> over the past year and I shouldn't feel that way. I shouldn't take this stuff personally, right? I should be able to separate the personal from the political ideas, from the sin, from the sinner and all these kinds of things. Right. And so you're right. I need to take a few deep breaths here, calm down. Well, but I, I mean, it, it, it does. I need, I, here's what I need an audience. You can help me out here. Um, it's difficult for me as a guy who has uh, cashed in his retirement who's killed his career, who has made all these sacrifices to advance this cause, to, um, ha to look forward to continuing to do that when I know, when I see the reaction that Joe Jorgensen got, you know, I, she, I'm guessing she's made some sacrifices here too. And she, this isn't an easy thing to do. Um, why, <laughs> give me some encouragement to continue in this. What, what is my motivation here? You know, when I, I'm going in to fight fire with a group of my brothers, that feels good. That feels like I'm doing something when they're stabbing me in the back and like saying, because you did this one thing I don't agree with, you're on your own pal. Um, that doesn't feel good. That makes me want to be like, why am I bothering to do this? Why did I sacrifice, make all these sacrifices for the movement uh, when people are going to treat me this way? Um, so the audience, please send me some messages. Let me know. Am, am I an idiot for even continuing on this track? Should I just be a lone wolf, take my ball and go home and focus on my own shit um, and, and just kind of leave the movement and leave, leave the party? Or is there any hope for me to continue doing this? Because uh, guess what? I'm a human. I need some encouragement. I need a little bit of love. I can't constantly just be inundated with a barrage of criticism and backstabbing and betrayal um, and, and, keep, and be expected to keep going. I want to keep going, but it, it's times like these that really discourage me. Well, I, I wanted to leave it on that, but I need to just make my protest about the word sacrifice but that's a whole okay. other thing. yeah or fair enough i triggered you because of, yeah uh, <laughs> you know what uh, i mean i traded i made a trade and i'm i'm wondering if that was a good trade to make now 
you know, whether the trade was worth it, whether I bought a dud. Right. And what I would put forward as my advice as one of your audience members is, is two parts. If, if they stabbed you in the back, they were never your brother. Yeah. And I've had to rebuild most of my relationships from values up, right? Alex Epstein talks about reframing and these sorts of things. So it's very much, we have, I have people, I have friends who are still Bernie Sanders supporters, but we've had a discussion and we agree what our values are, what we're trying to achieve. And I don't know if we'll ever reconcile the fact that we have very different views, but because we know we have the same values, we remain brothers. And I think yeah. that's the important starting point, uh, generally speaking. And, and that's the discussion most people aren't willing to have. Yeah, no, and, and that's fair. You know, I, you know I, I can hear my parents now, right? It's like, you know, if they, if they treat you that way, they're never your friend to begin with, right? Well, and it's a lot I got, I got, complex <laughs> now, but it's the yeah. same principle, right? No, that's fair. That's fair. Well, audience, let me know. Are you my brothers? Are you in this with me? Are we doing this together? Or are we going our separate ways? Let me know in the comment section. Drop me a line. Uh, give, the, give your brother a little encouragement here and let me know what I should be doing. And please be sure to support us on Subscribestar. You can go to thelibertyexperts.com. And also on Thursday, July 30th at 7 p.m., we'll be doing our first ever AMA. So you can come give Tim your support live or ask us some questions about this or any other issues. Yeah, I'll tell you what would give me the most encouragement, David, is uh, seeing people actually say, yeah, I support you and backing that up with some dineros. You know what I'm saying? That then I would know for sure people mean it. Shameless pandering there, for sure. Mm -hmm.